Lavetta. And it's Miriam. And this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So, and guys, actually, I'm going to start doing this new thing. So uh, I Ooh, might forget. Next I love week, new but- things. <laughs> <laughs> guys remember to follow us on all the things hit that subscribe mm-hmm. button hit like and as always copy the link to our podcast and share it with your friends don't just tell Pretty them about please it. No. share it with share just it be with like your oh i found this new podcast it's really cool and just like be like here let me send you an episode you can just pick any episode or like your favorite episode Exactly. Do you ever do you look back at favorite episodes? I do, and I re-listen to them because I'm a dork. I'm a dork. Li- uh. do you, listen, do you know what I found out? Okay, I we're about to start. I swear, guys, I can't remember which episode this is, and I'm a terrible person. But Anna Mendieta, do you remember her? Oh, oh yes, she yes. was a fabulous artist. We do a whole thing, you guys, in the news. So. It was never proven how she died or who might have been responsible for her death. But the person that I think allegedly may have been responsible for her death, he passed away like last week. I saw that. Did you see that? Yes. So you guys go listen to that episode and then be like, okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. And if you do, if you do. Come tell us, like DM us, or you can just send an email or DM us. I don't know. DMing is easier for me. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can always leave a comment under our YouTube channel. So yeah, leave a comment. Yeah, that'd be, um, that'd be helpful. It's so crazy. Like when we cover someone that we think is like, oh, it's like ancient or in the past or like, you know, it's not resolved, but that's, that's. And that's beautiful that it gets resolved in real time. I think that that's really yeah. sort of interesting and magical and um, interesting. So it's a um, real um, it's a what's the word? Uh, exciting, I don't know. Uh, wonderful. Exciting. Marvelous, joyful. Marvelous. Was wonderful. Uh, marvelous. I'm looking. I'm looking for the episode. <laughs> I got it. Season two, episode one. Go. Go to there. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go to, to you don't have to go to there now. You can keep listening to this episode, <laughs> but like later. <laughs> but yeah, go to there at some point. Um, on that note, let's get started. Um, I believe I am first this week. Um, All right. And I, um, <laughs> you know, whenever Uh-oh. we're looking for like, um, <laughs> she's always afraid when I start. Whenever Terrified. we're looking for like <laughs> subjects. <laughs> You know, I love a murderess. Uh, uh, that's got to be like a uh, a shirt that we get. I love a murderess, um, know, but right? also just someone interesting. We 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 audience. We really do try and like mix it up. We we always try and have different kinds of women from different uh, time periods of different backgrounds, religions, deeds, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> And but I also love because, uh, you know, sometimes with murder and death, it's not always funny as much as funny as we are, because uh, murder and death is not funny. Uh, actually, it's very not actually business. funny. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I it's agree with business. that. Yeah. So um, unless it's um, a man who almost died like uh, Lorena Bobbitt, which we will get to one day. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's funny. Oh. I mean, that's funny. Indeed. I mean, um, he didn't die. <laughs> He didn't die. He had it. He had it coming. Um, so, uh, 
There's a whole musical about it, y'all. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. But so, you know, a lot of times I'm sort of, I'll do like a random search uh, or of topics or something like that. And it's always like, um, what can I find that's interesting and keep, you know, that also might be a fun topic. And so I found this woman who I think you guys, (laughs) I think she's hilarious. Um, And she's not a murderess, but she's equally uh, uh, of the criminal element. (laughs) So my notorious woman this week is a woman by the name of Bertha Heyman. Have you ever heard of Bertha? Bertha Heyman. Bertha Heyman. No. You know, there's a Heyman in like, in like Purim, which is a little known Jewish holiday. He was like a king and he was like bad. And we would shout his name and turn a thing because he was like me and wanted to kill all the Jews. Every holiday is basically that. Um, yeah. Interesting. So anyways, that was very off topic. But yes, that's well, why I was like, yeah, I know. No, I don't actually. <laughs> no, that's interesting, uh, yeah. especially in light of what is in, in this story. So Bertha Heyman and that's okay. H-E-Y-M-A-N. I believe I'm spelling that, uh, pronouncing that okay. correctly. But so. The Heyman that I was talking about is spelled vastly differently. Okay. So just yeah. saying. So this okay. is like, hey, man. Um, <laughs> so now Bertha Heyman was not born Bertha Heyman. She was born Bertha Schlesinger around okay. 1851 in Prussia, okay. a.k.a. Old okay. Germany. I like to call it Old Germany. Um, now, wait, is that is that old Germany? Is that Prussia? Yeah, is that Prussia is old. Is? Yeah, that uh, Germany is part of the old Prussian Empire. So, listen, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. They let me get a degree from college without knowing that. <laughs> That's their fault, not mine. Just want to be clear. Yes. Okay, American educational system at its finest. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Hashtag not historians. Um, so, yep. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, hashtag so, obviously. Roughly, and, and let me clarify that roughly it's old Germany is what I like to call it, uh, because uh, Germany was part of the Prussian Empire. So Prussia was really a big, big thing right. that Germany is part of it. But the part that she was born in, most sources say that it was uh, uh, considered Germany. Now, okay. uh, some of my main sources from today's story are from uh, a San Francisco Examiner article by Paul Drexler from 2017. And uh, an Atlas Obscura article uh, by Sabrina Embler from 2019 and the New York Times obituary, among other 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 minor sources. So those oh, are my okay. main sources. So, uh, again, so Bertha Heyman was born Bertha Schlesinger around 1851. So we don't really know a lot about her life in Prussia before she came to the States um, in 1878. It probably sucks. <laughs> Uh, could have sucked, uh, but I bet you, knowing what I know about Bertha, it was very interesting, at the, to say the okay. least. Um, okay. So she came here in 1878, so she was about 27. Um, but again, they don't really know the exact uh, date of her birth, but around... Do, do we know why she came here? Uh, no, but I suspect to find uh, her fortune. Yes, um, uh, By any fun. means necessary. Okay. So, um, Okay. Now, she married twice. Uh, okay. There's a record of it once in New York City and then uh, once she got married in Wisconsin. 
Um, and but she eventually took the surname of her second husband, John Heyman. So that's what she's mostly okay. known as. So now for some years, she drifted around New York, uh, New York City, stealing watches, jewelry, forging checks and bonds, among other many, many, many scams. Yeah, Bertha well. was a scammer. Uh, mm. So <laughs> I feel like this is like the season of scams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> there, if Bertha was around today, there would definitely be a Netflix or Hulu documentary on her many, many scams. Loretta, uh, I think there would be a Netflix and a Hulu documentary yeah. on Bertha. Yeah. Fire Festival, anybody? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Should we get the Fire Festival treatment now? So that's what makes me think that she probably was running scams in Prussia. And it, it got too much to be too much heat. And she's like, I got to get out of yeah. here. It's too much heat on me because it's not like she came when she was like 18 or like she came. She was a grown ass woman when Bertha. In my head, I was like, she wanted to get out of the cold of Germany, but then she went to New York and then Wisconsin. So that's not the case. Okay, no, Bertha was following that money that she she bought them dollar dollar bills. Y'all now. She is known for many, many scams, many of I'm sure that they have not documented, but here are a few of the things that Bertha did. (laughs) Yes. Yes. In 1880. So just two Uh years here, she was arrested for coming uh, for conning a sleeping car conductor she had met while on a train from Chicago. She told him that she had a large estate and she wanted him (laughs) to manage it. Um, and so he quit his job and she asked him, if you quit your job, I will promise to hire you to manage my large estate. Okay. Yes. But there's just one hiccup. There's she no just, estate. she just needed to borrow some money from this working man, uh, to obtain the sum that was due to her from her agent. So the man <laughs> it like you and me is like, uh, Come again now? That sounds like some malarkey because it's 1880 mm. and I'm sure he used malarkey. Uh, he sounded like that sound a bit suspicious. But Bertha, being a consummate mm-hmm. con woman, it's like, yes. well, let me She's take you to my large estate. So she took him to a large, a very large house. And she uh-huh. said, this is what I owned. She snuck in when the owners were not there. So he's like, oh, <laughs> obviously... She is a rich woman, so she's good for the money. So he gave her the money. She scammed him and he lost his money. So he went to the authorities and this is why we know that she scammed him. So, oh, and but this she got is why away. we know exactly what she did. She got away. She got away. She got away. She often How'd got she away. How'd she get away? She probably, because usually with scammers, they get the money and then they skedaddle out of town. And back then it was a lot easier mm. to get lost, Right. Yeah, because that's true. You did, that's yeah, true. especially if you are a, a foreign woman. I'm sure she had an accent. Um, and she, even though she was a very large woman and she had a very distinctive look about her, but back then you could just get, you could get lost because people didn't like different municipalities didn't talk to each other. They, there's no computers, you know, everything so is like, by word of mouth. This is why I know it's true because on Murdoch, um, <laughs> I, this is my, my detective uh, program that I've been working through for many seasons. Um, even between station four, where Murdoch works, and station like one, 
the communication's not so good. You know, like they don't so have good. the information. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Okay. exactly. So it's just yeah. like a Murdoch mystery. Um, you understand? Okay. I understand. <laughs> Now, the following year in 1881, she swindled several hundred uh, hundreds of dollars from a Montreal businessman in Ontario. So she's she's an international wow. thief. She's like, I'm gonna go yeah. to Canada and <laughs> get my things. Um, <laughs> but this time she was caught and was arrested. So oh, she served okay. a little time. I mean, that's, you know, what what do they call it? Um, a. Um, a occupational hazard that comes right that's just territory yeah now that same year in 1881 she was also arrested and stood trial for stealing 250 dollars that's 7500 dollars in today's money and two gold watches from an elderly woman she boarded um a train with in staten island but she was acquitted how why I have a feeling, well, according to um, law enforcement and people who were acquainted with Miss Bertha Heyman, she was, mm. she had the gift of gab and she was incredibly, incredibly charismatic. So she, she got off, but she swindled somebody out of $7,500. Now, Damn. but <laughs> occasionally your luck runs out. She was arrested again when she was leaving court from that trial this time oh, wow. for conning two New York City businessmen out of a total of fourteen hundred and around fourteen hundred dollars, which is about forty thousand dollars in today's money. Well, I got to say, like she keeps getting caught, but she's good. You know, she's not good at hiding it, but she's good at getting it. Damn. Also, because a woman like this can't help but just scam. She kind of reminds you know, she reminds me of uh, Dolores. Um, uh, I was um, just She's gonna say that she reminds me of Dolores, our, our jewel thief. Ju- yep, our jewel. Yeah, like they would be best friends, but then they'd be mortal enemies. Yeah, because they are so the same. You know what I mean? They can't help themselves. They just can't help themselves. Yeah. So because it sounds like she swindled uh, proper businessmen, she was convicted. <laughs> unlike with the old lady, she was convicted on one of the indictments and sentenced to two years in prison in 1881. Oh, wow. So Dolores so, didn't go to prison for that long. Did no, she? No, I believe. Yeah. Remember she. No, they, she did. That's right. Yeah. They eventually, that's another eventually episode up. you have to go back and listen to. <laughs> and I. Yeah. You guys. I love a scammer if I'm not being scammed, obviously. Right. Yeah. Same. Same um, time. But it, I mean, it's an occupational hazard. You get caught sooner or later, you know, but. So she's in prison for two years at this point. For two years in 1881. Now, while serving time in prison at Blackwell's Island, (laughs) she managed to befriend a man. Blackwell's Island. Doesn't that sound like where the pirates go? We're going to imprison you on Blackwell's Island. Doesn't. I have a feeling that Blackwell's Island was probably named from a pilot or a pirate kind of thing um uh, yeah that that definitely sounds like a, a pirate like i could spend the rest name. of this podcast talking in my pirate yeah you know i played a pirate runs right in pirates and hobos yes yes girl okay Which pirates i'm still waiting hobos. yeah waiting for you to release on dvd so we're streaming or you know it's definitely in talks <clears throat> yeah so it's not Pirates it's versus on the Hobos. YouTube still. Okay. Yes. 
go to there and watch that. Go to there if you if you must. It's glorious. Um, yeah, so she's back on Blackwell Island now. She should have been caught by the pokey. Uh, two years. Uh, that's that's some time. That's not like two months. Sounds that's legit. two years. Is yeah. And you can imagine prisons back then were not. I mean, prisons today, yeah. I'm, I'm told, are terrible. But back then, they probably were just just unimaginably awful, right? But uh, I mean, Bertha, yeah. Bertha still has some little time on her hands uh, because she she managed to befriend and a man and con him out of his life savings of nine hundred dollars, which was about twenty seven thousand dollars <laughs> today's money, while in at Blackwell's Island. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know it's a podcast, but I'm like a little speechless. Um, okay. From prison, knowing From prison. she could go back to pr- stay longer, she still managed. Listen, I got to say, give this woman like an MBA. She'll take over the world. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I understand Bertha's reasoning. I'm already here. <laughs> so might as well get these coins. Okay. Give me the coins. <laughs> But I'm wondering, like, did she put it on a commissary? Like, it wasn't a commissary. Like, how did she? Where is your What are you doing? Who gives money to a woman in prison? (laughs) Like, I I mean, there's no honor among thieves. I definitely wouldn't trust a fellow thief. Come on now. Right? But she managed to do it. I want money so that I could use it. You know what I mean? Like I want so much money and then we could book that Bali vacation I've been dreaming about or I don't know, you know, a fourth mm-hmm. car because I've already bought a third car. You know what I'm saying? Like, but when you're in prison, Bertha's extra like, Look, cigarettes. You go get these scams. I'm going to get my coins and you're going to get these scams. Now, in 1883, okay. so I'm assuming she, the same around the same time she got out of prison serving the two years right she defrauded a wall street broker who she had convinced that she was worth eight million dollars with forged (laughs) securities right wow she's forged security so obviously she's an educated woman uh she can pass herself off as a well-bred wealthy woman um and but, you know, Wall Street types were dicks then and they're dicks now and they were dicks then. So, no. So this time she was convicted and sentenced to five years in prison. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. OK. Wall now, Street don't play, same. you know. Now, obviously, Bertha is a uh, regular among law enforcement. <laughs> so this time um, now that same year. She reportedly told a New Jersey police officer, quote, the moment I discover a man's a fool, I let him drop. According to (laughs) an art, according to the book, uh, Carrie Seagraves, Women Swindlers in America from 1860 to 1920. Seagrave uh, added that Bertha added, quote, but I delight in getting into the confidence and pockets of men who think they can't be skinned. It ministers to my intellectual pride, end quote. So you that's know, what she likes to do. She likes to hustle and scam, especially rich men and men who think that, oh, she's just some silly woman. I think that's why the con works, because they underestimate yeah. her as being a woman, Absolutely. as being an immigrant woman. Mm-hmm. And she probably has a little accent, you know, she has a little accent. And what's mm-hmm. even crazier is that 
Bertha was not a looker. I'm gonna I'm just be plain. Uh, she was not a she was not a handsome woman, as they would say back then. It's she okay. was not a okay. a delicate flower either. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. later on during the war, we known as Bertha. Bertha is associated with big tanks, and Bertha apparently mm. was uh, a good representation of her namesake. Uh, <laughs> so she was an Amazon. She wasn't like. Uh, Wonder Woman Amazon. No, 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 no. By all accounts, <laughs> she's very homely. And not Gal Gadot. Even, no, no, not Gal Gadot. Okay. Now, in a 1988... I mean, who is Gal Gadot? Come on. That's true. She's a very it beautiful is. woman. Now, in his 1886 book, Professional Criminals of America, famed New York City detective Thomas F. Uh, Bar- Barnes. No. Yeah. Burns. It's Burns. But with a Y. <laughs> that threw me off. <laughs> I've, I've, I do know you can read. I've seen you do it before. I've been okay. reading I'll good. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been reading good sometimes. Uh, America, baby, America, educational system. Yeah, yeah. Thomas yeah. F. Burns, in his book <laughs> "Professional Criminals of America," he describes Bertha Heyman as quote Bertha Heyman, alias Big Bertha, confidence queen, okay. <laughs> one of the <laughs> smartest confidence women in America. Uh, yeah. she's, he goes on to say she is the most, the boldest and most expert of the many female adventurers. He literally says mm. adventurers who infest the country. End quote. <laughs> now he has a description of Big Bertha. Big Bertha, that is so wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, maybe no. maybe that's why she keeps but, scamming these men because they call her Big Bertha. But listen, uh, maybe that's why she's pissed. Women are angry. We talk about that, and also yeah. these societal standards of what our bodies should be. You know what? I'm going to swindle you at a forty thousand dollars. That's what I'm going to do about that. You know, I mean, I see it. I see, I see where she, she's coming from. <laughs> Bertha's like, okay, oh, uh. Fine. Uh, I'll, I'll see you that and then I'm going to raise the stakes. So he, uh-huh. this is how he yeah. describes Bertha in his book, uh, okay. Professional Criminals of America in 1886. Okay. 35 years old in 1886, born in Germany, married, very stout woman, height five feet, four and a half inches, weight 245 pounds, hair brown, eyes brown, fair complexion, German face, an excellent talker, <laughs> has four moles on her right cheek. <laughs> That was an inappropriate face I made when you said four moles on her right cheek. And maybe yes. maybe it's just the imbalance of moles in which I am responding to. Yeah. In quote. Right. Okay. Now, the reason why we know a lot of her of her scams is because they're detailed in this book. Um, and okay, while cool. at the time of the public of the publishing of this book in 1886, he had he had said her uh, she's currently incarcerated. Quote: Her sentence will expire in April of 1887. She possesses a wonderful knowledge of human nature and can deceive those who consider themselves particularly shrewd in business matters. End quote. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, this woman would be the CEO of Vogue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She would, you know? she would be a billionaire. Yeah. With extra S's. Yes. Now, remember when I told you she scammed the the Wall Street guys, right? And was. Yeah. Yeah. So she went to jail for five years. And like, as the book was saying, she was due to be out in April of 1887. 
Now, okay. you would think being in the slammer for two years and then five years, because that's two long stretches, right? She would this be like, maybe I'm going to change my ways. Maybe I'm going to find, if, if she has the gift of gab, find some rich, stupid man to marry you and you can I stop know, right? scamming, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of them like a big, that's a lot of women. And back then that was not a bad thing, actually. Um, for especially for some men. Now, you would think that Bertha was like, you know what? I'm gonna change my ways. I'm gonna just scam myself into a rich marriage. Nope. Bertha's like, y'all got to get these scams. So apparently soon after being released in 1887, a Bertha Stanley. Uh Yes. Now Stanley (laughs) shows up (laughs) in, in San Francisco in early 1888. Okay. Her mission was to go and see a man by the name of Dr. Messing, who was also the chief rabbi of Beth Israel congregation and an acquaintance of her from her childhood in Prussia. Okay. Right? Now, by this time, she's accompanied by uh, a man by the name of Willie, who she says is her stepson, so a younger man. Okay. Um, Okay. She tells Rabbi uh, Messing that, um, that she... That she had inherited three hundred thousand dollars, six okay. million dollars in today's money, from her oh, husband, shit. who was uh, who was a Christian. Oh, but no. she wanted her next marriage <laughs> to be with someone because she was a Jewish uh, a Jewish woman. She wanted she had made a mistake. She said I had made a mistake, so I want Ugh. my n- next marriage to be with a nice Jewish boy. Right. Would so the would that marriage like, be helped out by getting two hundred thousand dollars from said rabbi? <laughs> I mean, no, no. That this is a different scam, right? So oh, and also okay, he okay. knows I her am... from her childhood, so he's thinking, right. oh, you. And she hmm. basically, she she basically she was like, you know, I was a bad girl, bad Jewish woman, but mm-hmm. now I want to make amends. Now I have this money, and now I'm looking for me a nice Jewish man, probably to you know combine our incomes. You know, can you help me out? Okay. So you go to the synagogue, right? Like you go to. Right. I mean, where your people that is are. Advi- Listen, that is advice every religious family has for their children. I will say that. Go to now, the mixer. You go to the mixer, right? You go, you go to, to the, the rabbi. Mixer. You say this. Be my beautiful child is looking, is looking. And they say, come to the mixer. You know, they, they, yeah. they still do this. And every, I think every religion, right? Every everybody does this, yeah. and you're especially in 1888, right? So you're thinking, right. you know, this this rich Jewish woman, you know, she's going to be a part of our congregation. We're going to help her out, find her somebody nice. So she offers, she offers. This is how the scam gets set up: a thousand dollars to the person who can find her a thoroughly acceptable Jewish husband. Right. <laughs> This is amazing. I love the story so much. Okay. Yeah. So then what happens? <laughs> so, okay. you know, the rabbi's like, gotcha, girl. Say less. Say less. <laughs> Have you met my, my brother-in-law, Abraham, a okay. wealthy businessman? Right? Uh, By all accounts, Abraham falls madly in love with Bertha. Uh-huh. Right? With all the, the moles. Hot. With the moles. I'm sure the, the promise of a $6 million uh, dowry with a wife. Ooh is not with a nice jewish girl it's a win-win yeah right yeah so love (laughs) not only does abraham apparently fall in love with bertha but a whole host of other nice jewish men fall for her you got six million dollars i too am in love with bertha okay (laughs) sorry (laughs) so 
So they're like, she has them eating out of the palm of her hands. They all show up. But Abraham is like, no, no, no. I saw her first. So he proposes, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, of course, she's brought into the community. You know, she she makes the rounds to the upper echelons and in, in the community, you know, the top tier, the the, the you know, the wealthy people. She they and again, she's very charming. Yeah. Even the cops say right. she's very, very charming. You know, All they, the they dinners. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. They invite her <laughs> around. They she she goes to many dinners. Um, she also. um so she has a thousand dollar check. So they're like, that's a lot of money for back then. Right. So they're like, right. oh, well, obviously she has money. She's writing these checks. And so but in the meantime, again, they invite her to all these uh, meals and they ha- they host all of these dinners in her honor. Um, and she manages to be gifted or obtained through credit an extensive wardrobe that includes jewelry. OK, how, how did she do this? My the God. gift of gab, the gift of yeah. the gab. You know, she's also leaning on. They all probably remember the old country. She's leaning on their, oh, you right. know, their yeah, their nostalgia for home. She's a nice Jewish woman. She's made good here in America. She's playing on all of that, right? Yeah. So now, now one source I found said that even though Abraham was in love with her and he was like, "I want to marry you," one source I found says that. Um, that she had told Abraham that Willie, her stepson, who's from the previous marriage, the man who left her all this money, right. was opposed to the marriage. And it was, you know, it was a very patriarchal society. So the men want to make sure that the other men are good. Right. right so. Right. So. So Abraham. So one source says that Abraham kind of like goes to Willie and is like, here's five hundred dollar. $500 as a way of softening the resistance, right? To kind of get him to be like, I'm going to oh. treat her well. This is kind of like, you know, a sign of a, a good, a good faith gesture. Right. Um, Did, and then well, another source. Who gives a child $500? Don't you well, buy like I mean, a no, he's not a child child. He's, he's a young oh. man. So <laughs> okay, yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. She's passing him off. I, they probably were lovers. Who knows? So she's yeah, passing probably. him off as her stepson. <laughs> right. So okay, Abraham. Right, right. So one source says that Abraham goes to give him the five hundred dollars. Another source says that actually Willie says comes to Abraham is like, I don't like about this. I don't like this. Mm. And then okay. asks for five hundred dollars as a sign of good faith. I'm not really sure if you're a good scammer. You always want to make the mark think it was their idea. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You don't ask so, for money but, ever. Yeah. Exactly. So now once this happens, so Abraham, either way, they get $500 out of Abraham. So once that happens, they skip town and they go and they just stop off briefly to to um, to um, to pawn the clothes, some of the expensive clothes and some of the jewelry. Mm that she's been gifted on either credit or as presents from suitors from whomever. Right. And they're headed to LA. So they're skipping town because really the money between the jewels, the furs and the $500, that's a big score. Right. They made out. Yeah, they did. So they disappear. And Abraham is like, what, 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 where does she go? And then her check bounces. Maybe that's why they skipped town when they did because he knew they knew that abraham was trying to deposit that check right i don't know why i went like i did because i knew that it would bounce now poor abraham (laughs) abraham is like i'm so confused what's going on does something happen so he goes to the cops and he's like huh this is very weird her 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 check bounce so he starts describing her (laughs) 
<laughs> and the cops are like, did she have four moles on the side of her face? <laughs> no, that's not what they said. I don't know what they said. Yeah, but-, but basically, they were like, come on over here. Sit down. So they basically showed him her mugshot. Oh. He's like, that's her. Why does she look so different out of her furs yes. and jewels that Weird. I or somebody else bought her? <laughs> So, oh man! So basically, the cops are like, "You poor fool." This is what had happened was so they break it down. You got scammed. This is her yeah. many exploits. So a warrant was issued for her arrest, um, and she and Willie were eventually captured in Texas. So they may have gone to LA, oh, but they ended up in Texas. They kept going. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But now Bertha, so they caught her. She's been, you know, she's been caught. Um, but because she's so charming, God, somebody needs to play this woman. She's so charming that she also, she immediately goes into her Karen mode and she starts, you know, being insulted. I'm not a scammer. I didn't do this. I've been Mm -hmm. framed. Whatever will work. Right. I would like to speak to the manager immediately. Yes. Yes. She totally Karen this whole situation so much so that the press got a hold of the story and she became a press darling. A favorite. <laughs> so much so, they there okay. was so much good press around her, so much so that a manager, a man who sort of like puts on shows, a producer, like a an act producer and a manager by the name of Ned Foster, bailed her out of jail and put wow. her on stage what? At, okay. at a place called Woodward's Garden for poetry reading. Charged okay. tickets where nearly 18,000 people showed up. Oh, my God. To watch what? her recite her original poem, The Confidence Stop. Queen. Wow. Now, Bertha cool. was not an actor by tra- training, but she obviously was an actor by trade because you got to be a good actor to be a con artist. Yeah. She put on this. She put on this. She recited her poem to applause. People loved her. Right. So by the time she got to the trial, either the good press worked or just she, she was just such a, a beloved figure, public figure, that she was acquitted in the trial of scamming Again? Abraham. Oh <laughs> but she totally did it. And the synagogue. She totally did it. She got it's off, probably- but not Willie. Oh, no, really? <laughs> Willie was convicted and sent to San Quentin for a short stretch. Wow. That's intense. Uh, Bertha, you know what Bertha did after that? What did she do after that? I think I like this acting stuff on stage. So she continued her theatrical career. Yeah. (laughs) Like, despite lacking any real theatrical talent uh, by all reports. Right. Oh, really? Like she wasn't good. Yeah. No, I love that she wasn't good. She went on to play the Bell Union. It, it was one of San Francisco's most popular music halls. But eventually, Ned Foster, her her uh, manager, because he's like, well, we're selling tickets. This is a hit. Right. He came up with the brilliant idea to uh, uh, pair her with another act, uh, an act by the name of Ofti Goofti. Goofti Ufti. Ufti Goofti. I think that's how you say it. Ufti Goofti. Yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, Oofty Goofty had made his living as a human punch bag. So that's it's, it's all of this like, you know, um, uh, the vaudeville kind of like amateur yes. kind of theater kind of thing. Mm. Right. So Ned yep. Foster put uh, Oofty Goofty along with Big Bertha, 
right in this these uh boxing matches so you know they were they were mug it mug it up for the crowd eventually she would knock him out but they you know after like a a very i'm sure very funny kind of routine um these two hit like gangbusters they were so popular (laughs) that ned actually then went on and had them star and he came up with a brilliant idea of having them star in a romeo and juliet production Oh my because God. Because I'm imagining that Oofty Goofty was not a large man and B- Big Bertha was a large woman. So the twist wow. was during yeah. the balcony scene where, he, you know, Romeo's looking up at, at Juliet. No, they had to flip it. So Oofty Goofty's yeah. in, the, in the balcony looking down mm-hmm. on Big Bertha because she was too big to be up in the staging of the balcony. Feeling, yep. Yeah. Enormous, <laughs> I'm sure, enormous laughter and delight. I'm sure I mean, people people loved they were hamming it up people got a show and that's all you want with live theater right especially in in 1890 right you just totally exactly now things are going well for big bertha but bertha couldn't resist a scammer can never resist it's like i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) yeah Yeah. so one day bertha tells foster her manager that her suitcase has a false bottom containing $10,000. No, it doesn't right. though. Okay, go on. Yeah, no, I know it doesn't. $10,000 in Canadian bonds. Okay. Oh, okay. And jewelry. Still doesn't. Mm-hmm. And she wanted him to find somebody to sell it to. So she asked for him to set up the sale and, you How know. How does he not go, let me see it? Come on, Because y'all. she's charming. I'm telling you, this is... Yeah, this is an Academy Award winning performance by some actress. Right. (laughs) Right. Now. So while he negotiated with different people trying to find a buyer for it, she began to borrow small sums of money from him. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just Mm -hmm. here and there. And she's like, oh, it's probably like, oh, I just need to. But, you know, can you loan me this until we make the sale? And like, I can't wait until I get rid of this thing. And he's like, okay. So eventually, though, he says to her, Uh how about I give you $1,600 for the trunk? And $1,600 was about $50,000 in today's money. Jesus. Now, I do have a a trunk that has (laughs) money. So could you give me $50,000 for it? No, no, no. Thanks. Miriam, she has Canadian Uh, bonds and jewelry. That's what I said. That's what I said. Lavetta, I have Canadian bonds and jewelry (laughs) um, and I need a buyer, but if you could just give me $50,000. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's, (laughs) if 1,600 is 50,000, surely this is like 300,000, right? So he's thinking, oh, I give you 50,000, I get 350,000. Like I've made 300,000, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Ned is a bit of a mark, but he's not. No, yeah, he's, he's no fool. Stupid. He's been is in. He? Uh, no, he's been in the uh, theatrics. He knows right. how scammy things can be. So Ned's like, yeah. mm, let me sneak into your room mm-hmm. and just, and check out the merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the right he thing found, to do. And guess what he found? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. He <Exactly>. found nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Bertha also claimed, and I'd like to think that he thought, almost got me. Uh, you kiddo. Uh, I, I can't imagine that it improved 
their working relationship. So I'm sure yeah. Bertha had to move on quickly after that. Now, Bertha claimed not to care about the money whenever she was interviewed and said that she gave the money to needy, gave the money away to needy people, needy people, a Robin Hood is of sorts. Oh. No, the record shows Do we shows have otherwise. the needy people to talk about how they got money no. from her? I didn't think no. so. Like most con artists, Big Bertha, Bertha, when you give from- me fifty thousand dollars, I'm gonna uh-huh. give it away to needy people. Okay, <laughs> for a non-existent thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's in the trunk now. <laughs> but all of you know, in my uh, uh, in my research, most historians say that no, the record showed differently. Big Bertha robbed from everyone and kept everything. <laughs> There's no like. Got it. Got yeah, it. Now. Eventually, after that whole thing with uh, Ned Foster, again, I can't imagine that that uh, that would create a awkward working situation after yeah, that I kind of so. thing. Um, but eventually she would she moved on and she would become the owner of a few theaters, uh, including the Casino Theater in Butte. Um, but in the New York Times obituary, it's so funny because it has a lot of the stuff in there, but it's just a very colorful. It's a very and it's a very large obituary. <laughs> Of her. Okay. That's how popular she was. But uh, was... according to that obituary, she died on December 1st, 1923 in Chicago. Um, okay. But, you know, be like all scammers, you don't know. You don't have all of the information that you need. Right. Um, but she did. We do know that she actually died on December 1st, 1923 in Chicago. And that is Big Bertha Heyman. Wow. That, that is ama- amazing. I have never heard of her. And I am fast. I kind of I like her. And I feel kind of weird about that because she did commit a lot of crimes. And, you know, and I'm not about like, it. pro crime. Okay. If but. she was born in 1851 and she died in 1923, she lives to be in what, her 70s? 70s, like 72. 72. Yeah. In like an era without antibiotics. That's yeah. pretty good. You know, yeah. But what I love about her is that they were like, well, she looks. They're basically like they were kind of making fun of her, being like, she's Big Bertha, she's a, a ton, and da da da. But Big Bertha's like, but I still got that money. <laughs> Listen, she's healthy and strong, and she yep. could pay for what she wanted when she yep. wanted, unless she was in jail. But that was, you know, <laughs> that was occupational hazard. Like that. I said, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bertha's like again. She's like you getting these scams. You getting these scams, motherfucker. Like, I just love a woman who's like not blessed with natural beauty or daintiness. You right. know, shrinking yeah. flower. Uh, uh-uh. no. She's like you getting no. these scams. Yeah, and, and she, she always like, yeah. Her scams yeah, were uh-huh. always about her being a wealthy woman. Yeah, I like that. It was I kind of like that, that about her. Yeah, she so. always. I, am I wrong that she only scammed men? Yeah, I mean, only well, no, she scammed the older lady, but oh, she, she only scammed scam rich people, lady. very rich people. Yeah, very, very so. rich people. Yeah. If only so. she gave anything away, then you could say that she was Robin Hood esque, but she did not. So. She did give it away to herself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's not giving things away. Yeah. Big Bertha. <laughs> I love it. You don't make dinner for yourself and then say, I'm giving this dinner away and then eat it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You just, I made dinner for myself, you know. Unless you're Big Bertha. Unless so. you're Big Bertha and then you do what you want. Because she did what she wanted. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for her. That was my pleasure. That was a journey. I love her. Yes. <laughs> I love her, too. Is that wrong? Big birth. Wrong. Making her it's way like across. It's like a little wrong. 
<laughs> scamming her way across the United States of America. She had to do what she had to do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See. You ready for uh I'm ready. A totally different kind of woman. Okay. I'm wondering if you've ever heard of her. I have not until I found I researched. Okay. Her name is Taitu Betul. Taitu Betul? No. And we are we are going on a trip to Ethiopia today. Ooh. Yes. The birthplace um, of Christianity. Uh yeah. We'll sort of talk about that. Okay. Not really. Kinda okay. touch. Um so she was born in Semyon, North Gondar, the Ethiopian Empire, according to a uh, Raymond Jonas, a professor of history. I got my information from all over the place, including like Wikipedia, encyclopedia.com, and a couple of articles. I'll be honest with you right now. I forgot to write down. Um, okay. But I had to, I, as a, another hashtag, little piece. Hashtag, hashtag not historians. Not historians. Yes. Um, so they, the scholarly consensus is that she, she was born around 1851. Her father, Raz Haile Mariam, that sounds like my name, right? Um, was part of a ruling of the ruling family of Semyon that claimed to be descendants of the Solomonic dynasty. I don't know anything about that dynasty, but that sounds important, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay. Sounds so I'm fancy. Gonna, I'm going to go with fancy with that. Yeah. Okay. Fancy. Um, they don't think she went to school because she was a woman, but uh, she was taught to read and write in Amharic and Gez, which was rare because in those times, girls did not get an education. It just wasn't done. Um, I think even no, noble women weren't considered worthy of educating. Um, I'm not a hundred percent, but everyone I read said like, it was weird, but they did teach her how to read and write. Um, and that she was also taught diplomacy, politics, and economics. Um, and she also understood a language that was once exclusive to the Ethiopian Orthodox liturgy. So she also played, uh, a, an instrument called Begena, which is a 10 string instrument. She played, there's an Ethiopian version of chess that she played, and there's our version of chess that she was very smart. She liked reading and writing poetry. She's very accomplished. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, her lineage is intense and massive. She comes from, uh, they say that they come from a ruling foothold in the northern region of the country. Um, and her Aristotic, aristocratic lineage dates back to like the 1600s. Um, so she had two brothers and two sisters. She was first married off at the age of 10 to an officer in the army of Emperor Tewodros II. Apparently, in those days, in those times, getting married off at the age of 10 was normal. Um, what? Uh, that's, I'm assuming she stayed at home, though, until she was of age and then went and joined no, her husband. That's oh. what I read. No. Oh. So, right? And so I don't, like, I wrote down the fuck because, like, what the fuck? Um but from what I read, from all accounts, that this was like, yes, you would do that. I think especially in the nobility because we were married. But I'm like, that's fine. 
And when she's 16, she can join him. But like 10, fuck out of here. 10? Like, and how old is he? Is he like 17? I don't know. Or is he like, you know he ain't 17. You know he like 35. I mean. 45. Oh. Ugh. Probably. Gross. So it was interesting from what I read at the time. Like, yes, they would marry off their girls. And yes, they would ex- expect like them to be sexually active. But it was also understood they could have several marriages. They could have lovers. Oh, I don't. Yeah. And I think this is a nobility thing. I've never heard of anything like this. So I feel like, like I'm careful. Like I read, I'm just sharing now. Y'all I read this. Um, but I would just imagine that 10 year olds have been the same since the beginning of time. Yeah. One could argue that that teenagers are different, like, but 10, but 10 is, although, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking back to like, I don't know. I saw all of the tutors like in, in like Western European civilization. Like, I don't know that much. Like I know they even married those them are off too young. young. Yeah. They, they marry them off at like 12, 13, but even 12, right. 13 is like, and that's what I mean. Like usually when they're young, like you hear of like, uh, you know, Pharaohs or something or like a six-year-old being married off, but it's not, it's right. like symbolic. It's not like a real marriage. At the it's very like, least, they get their period and then they're sent off. Yeah. Right. Tennis, Which is wow. still fucking shitty because well, oh, I was yeah. 12. You know what I'm saying? But 10 is just, because a 10-year-old, have you met 10-year-olds? Like, I can't imagine they're very different. Yes. Back then. They're very different. Like, yeah. Um. So this is what happened. And I find that her story very interesting because I, I never negate the trauma of their childhood. That's why I like how we do this, where we talk about their childhood, because like, we'll see later what she does. But this is, she gets married off at 10. Um, a few days after the ceremony of their wedding, um, Tewodros, who was the um, emperor, got pissed off at her new husband and uh, put him in chains and apparently with some minor offense, he committed some offense um, and she was forced to follow the army on foot, quote, chained at the wrist, grinding grain and cooking for the soldiers. So they didn't stay married long. So that's Damn. it's like, yeah, right. Um, I did not expect you to say that. <laughs> did not expect to read it. Um, then she married a man, Kenya's Mak Zika Gachu. That was like a weird accent, right? That was probably wrong. <laughs> Is a man though, so whatever. Um, and uh, he beat her. So, you know, fuck him anyways. Um, of so, course he did because she's 10, 11, maybe? 11, and, maybe. So yeah. this is what she did. She announced she was going to visit her mother. Somehow, upon her leaving, in her husband's property, disappeared um, uh, many, many servants and uh, much of his stuff just like vanished and ended up at her mother's house. Okay. So Maybe we were wrong um, about these 10 and 11 year olds. <laughs> you know, she. I was like, listen, yeah, take that shit. Um. And so she, so then, so then, so she, and she actually never, it said that she never bothered to get a divorce settlement. I don't know what that means, but she married again. And she, I'm unclear. Some sources say she married two more times. 
other sources say she married three more times. But what I I know is that she her last marriage of the fourth or the fifth was the king of Shua, who later became Emperor Menelik II, who's the, Ethi- oh. the emperor of Ethiopia. So they oh. married April 1883, and they became, they became one of history's most remarkable alliances. So, Talking about leveling up, man. <laughs> you know, like she took... Wow. You know, she's probably raised very fancy, probably given more than most girls, and then like, you know, kept to the fucking curb, you know, a couple of times. And then like, was like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. We'll marry him. You know? I heard that. So she, uh, she is acknowledged to have wielded lots of political power before and after they were crowned emperor and empress in 1889. So they're married 1883. He was like the king of Shua, but he was in line to be emperor. So... In 1889, when she became empress, she was given the regal title of Ete... I'm going to say this wrong. Eteje Taitu, Light of Ethiopia. So, P.S. cut to they never had children and were pretty sure she was never able to have children. But because of her lineage and she was considered very beautiful, she was still considered like a good match, which is why she kept getting married, you know. Mm, gotcha. Um, she led the conservative faction at court that resisted the modernists and progressives who wanted to develop Ethiopia along Western lines and bring modernity to the country. So according to the historians, she was always consulted by the emperor, like her husband, you know, uh, before to make, before he made important decisions. So she became a key player in the conflict over the Treaty of Wukali with Italy. So the Treaty of Wukali was essentially um, it's essentially a treaty saying that we'll all get along just fine and Italy will rule Ethiopia. Cool. Mm. So she tore that shit up. Um <laughs> Uh, so there's a di- diary of Augusto Salimbeni, who's an Italian engineer, and he was part of the delegation for that treaty. Um, he provides evidence that she did play a significant role in the process of unification of unification of Ethiopia. So she clarified issues for her husband, and he also talked about how she had an individuality and warmth as a woman that was rare. This is what he said, white man. Alert, white man. He said that was rarely seen by foreigners. So these white men are like, these women are not nice. I'm just trying to take over their cute little country. And they are so mean to me. I don't understand. (laughs) Why? I just want to rule them. What is what is is with, you know, they have attitude. Okay. Oh, my God. That's a summary of colonialism. What is why are they so mean to me? I just want to. They have attitude. I love it. (laughs) These black Mm -hmm. women have too much attitude. Why don't they just Mm -hmm. shut up and let me let us rule over them like Uh God meant for us to do as pale people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't you see the color of my skin? Oh, no. Not another strong black woman. Can't do that. Even Uh in 1889, they talk about this bullshit, right? 
But at right, right. And I love how because she had power, she was able to be nice. Mm-hmm. She was able to tear that shit up and still smile and be kind. And all yeah. this white man, and he wrote this shit down, could see was that, oh, she was nice to me. Yeah. Bitch. Okay. No, she was and not the bitch nice was to for me. him. It's like, oh, it's why is she being mean to me? <laughs> well, she was warm. He said she was warm as opposed to all the other women. Oh, were not so warm. Okay. Yeah. That's that diplomacy yeah, no. that she was talking. Right, in. that's that diplomacy. <laughs> what do yep. you think she's being nice to you for, idiot? She just tore up your treaty, like in your face. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was like literally in his face, but it was like emotionally in his face, you know? <laughs> right. Um, because, and she was right. The Italian version made Ethiopia an Italian protectorate and the, so they had it in languages and she was like, no, and the Amharic version didn't. So Italy, this will come as a surprise to you, invaded. It's not going to come as a surprise to you. Yeah. No. So a European country invading an African one. That don't be ridiculous. Is that the first you've heard of it? I think it is. Oh, yes. Is. The first, the first, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is cool. So she was like, bitch, no, go ahead, come at me. So she marched north with the emperor and the imperial army. Uh, she commanded a force of cannoneers at the historic Battle of Adwa that resulted in the humiliating defeat for Italy in March 1896. This victory was the most significant of any African army battling European colonialism. Yes! I'm so excited. <laughs> she brought her own soldiers. She had 100 women with her, too, to fight. Okay. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. They, they say that she seemed to be the main architect of the battle. Mm. Like her, it says close to 5,000 troops. All that chess she took when command. she was a kid came in handy, huh? <laughs> Although, right? All that no, chess. For re- yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I yep. didn't think about that. That's yep. so true. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm really bad at chess, but I, I'm not going to command any armies anytime soon. So <laughs> no. I, th- I think we're good. Yeah, me either. Good. Yeah. Um, so she also took command of provisional and medical operations during the battle. Um, and she commanded the operation to prevent Italian military access to all sources of potable water. Damn. Oh, she did not play. So, so they won, like hands down. Because she was like, "I told you no." So she was and a, they were a, like, uh, a military strategist genius, strategy genius. So. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "I told you not. To, I told you get off my land." Yeah, I was gonna get let you my, eat dinner here. Get and off then my you yard. <laughs> get off my get yard. Off, my lawn. Get, I'll get off my lawn. <laughs> um. So apparently, Menelik, her husband, um. He did not like conflict. He didn't want to tell people no. So he would. He was famous for uh, answering um, questions like they had to make decisions of saying yes tomorrow. Like just put it out. Like it, it, and so he found it useful to have a wife who would say absolutely not. And so he would just he put her in charge because he didn't want to be the bad guy. He was a weak little boy, and that's fine. 
because she fine was there. for a woman like that yeah 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 that's actually, perfect actually yeah exactly i was gonna say that's ideal <laughs> yeah it's what we want that he's he's okay want. with you take being the bad guy and she's like oh, okay with he being likes the bad it guy. Yeah. yeah he was like please I think you're yeah. right. I just don't want to say no. They were so funny <laughs> at the ball the other day or whatever it is rich, fancy people in power do. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then around 1906, uh, his health began to decline. So she started making decisions on his behalf without him even kind of in the room. Um, she appointed family and friends to positions of power and influence and of course, his court was pissed. Um, so he he selected um, a woman, Sabla Wangal Hailu, as the heir presumptive to the next in line for emperor, um, Liege Yasu, um, because her family had no ties to tie to. Basically, it was like, let her play. But once we're gone, she won't have continued oh gotcha you know like for like it won't be her ideas in charge right um other things okay so she founded wait a minute i'm sorry clarify so the so he chose a female uh heir apparent yes that was not connected to their family to to their family okay right that was outside of that so that so, it would be his family. Because remember, he has kids. He had kids before her. She has right. like a step, a stepdaughter. Okay. okay. Um, and I should say like for, from everything I read, they had a really good relationship, her and the okay. stepdaughter. She wanted the stepdaughter to take over. Oh, but he um, chose another. But because she was, she was close to the stepdaughter. They didn't want the stepdaughter in charge. So he, he, so, he chose an heir apparent to appease the court. Yes. So okay, like gotcha. everybody calm down, you gotcha, know, gotcha. Yeah. like she's never even met this woman. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, the capital city of Ethiopia, Addis Ababa, she founded that. I didn't that. know that. But now, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. She built the Atoto Mariam Church, which still stands today. She gathered homeless orphans and educated them to be deacons, priests, um, and raised many others to several prestigious government positions so you know it's like a way of like maintaining power but also very kind and giving it's like a for her it's a win-win Miriam are you telling me that if you in, invest in your population mm. and your citizens mm. and, and give them mm. clothing and, mm-hmm. and opportunities and education to better their lives and that yeah. they'll love you for it no that can't be true because every leader uh, would do that. I'm trying to say that. Is it working? Uh, she erected the very first hotel oh. um, called Etej Taitu Hotel. Cute, right? Oh. Yeah. Um, I would do that if I erected the first hotel. I'd be like, the Miriam Hotel. Welcome. <laughs> um, and that hotel is still there today. Um, and she also established an association to promote agriculture and trade and like did other things too, like lots of initiatives. She really wanted to make it a better place. Uh, in the final decades of her reign, she witnessed a period of modernization, which gradually opened Ethia up to trade and greater technical expertise. 
She also provided the Ethiopian Orthodox Christian community in Jerusalem with dignified housing. That's the only, remember I said, we'll talk about Mm. the origin of Christianity. That's the only, I I was like, oh yeah. But I I thought was great. She's really aware of her people and her, where they come from. And and I I love that. Um, So as her husband fell ill, she was concentrating more and more power into her own hands, which eventually provoked a little bit of outrage by the men. No. <laughs> yes. It turns out they don't like women very much. I know. We both learned Call something. Call me shocked. Here. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was widely resented for her alleged gondarine xenophobia and nepotism. Gondarine is a region in Ethiopia. Oh. Okay. She's kind of like from there. I listen, alleged. I think they just didn't like her. Um and they conspired to remove her from state responsibility. The no, the nobility other nobility just, just decided to do that. So in 1910, she was forced from power and a regency under Raz Tesema Nadu took over. So then they were like, all you can do is take care of your husband and like love him. And she faded from the political scene. Um, he died in 1913 and was succeeded by his grandson. Uh, she was banished to the old palace at Entoto next to the St. Mary's church that she had founded years before and where Mm. her husband had been crowned emperor. So then there was like a plot that was, that eventually removed the later emperor, his grandson. uh, And they think she was part of that plot in 1916. Oh, right. Okay. Cause she really So they removed her. Yes. And they think that she had a hand in removing the uh, the grandson of the person that removed her. Right. Because she okay. really wanted her stepdaughter. Um, yeah. But that, that did not work. So okay. she lived for the next few years at the old palace. Um, she requested permission to go to Gondar in November 1917 to end her days, but she was refused. Uh, and she died three months later. And Ooh. she is buried next to her husband. In Addis Ababa. Wow. And can yeah. you say her name one last time for me? Yes. Her name is, okay. I, Taitu Betul. It's not Taitu impossible Betul. that I'm pronouncing it wrong. It could be Taitul Betul. Like T-A-Y-T-U, you know? Yeah. Betul. Okay. Oh, but what a fascinating wonderful. I've never woman, heard of right? her. Yeah, I've never heard of her. Um, thank you for bringing in that Ethiopian flavor. You got it. I love to the show. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> nothing I love more than a night out at an Ethiopian restaurant. So why don't we delve? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An excuse to eat Ethiopian food is it's a good excuse. So good, right? I love how today we had a scammer uh, who, who purportedly uh, took from the rich to give to the poor and an actual rich uh, uh, royal who actually did help the poor. Uh-huh, so. I know, right? 
<laughs> the yin and I the yang, it. if you will. Exactly. <laughs> that is the Notorious Women podcast. And that wraps it up for this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us as always. And remember to follow us on all the things. Um, you can find us on YouTube, IG, TikTok. Miriam's going to get a little bit more into that. But in the meantime, if you're listening to us on YouTube and forgive us with the uh, the technical difficulties that we've had We'll, uh, we'll fix it in post. Um, we'll have no technical difficulties. Yeah, we'll, we'll fix of. it in post. But um, <laughs> if like and subscribe. And also, as always, please just copy the link of the mm-hmm. podcast and yep. send it to your friend. It's always easier to do that. Um, and if you also want to support us on Patreon.com, uh, send us a little cash. You can do that for as little as $2 a month. Or you can do a one-time payment. Uh, and that is Patreon.com slash Notorious Women. That's P-A-T-R-E. E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam, how else can they support the show and find us? You can go to Instagram and TikTok. Please follow us. Please like, you know, follow, click follow at Instagram, at TikTok, also YouTube. You can listen to episodes on YouTube. Um, but yeah, come to TikTok and Instagram and come talk to us on it because that way we can hear a little bit from you and we'd love that. Uh, you can DM at uh, Instagram. Uh, I love that too. Also, you can email us uh, notoriouswmpod at gmail.com and send us your ideas, your stories. Your uh, We love that. It makes us very happy. It does. Thank you again, uh, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.